Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Kutialochis. We had a, a break. I completed Shiva yesterday for my father. But Baruch Hashem will begin again, brand new, new beginning. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Nassim Yaakov, and Yentefrad Al-Bas Rabbi Shariyeh, Harene Kapras Mishkabam, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rachel Basgalia, Svi Ben Leirezel, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rachel, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Fein Vorechel, Eliana Golda Bas Hanafega, Ayala Chushana Bas Hanaleh, Israel Ben Hanaleh, David Ben Behir, Shendel Bas Leir, Bitzalel Yechiel Michel Ben Tchiyachava, Yehudis Ruchama Bas Chavarus, Sororocha Bas Yuspendel, Abimelan Bas Yuspendel, Tubitzi Ben Chayaliza, Gitgenendel Bas Sipoira, Lubalea Bas Sipoira, Sor Yehudis Bas Sor, Michal Sor Bas Hadasa, Idis Bas Miriam Brangel, David Leib Ben Shena, Avigail Brachova Shirat Voiro, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Ruven Mordechai Ben Chana, Si Shalom Ben Rita Beverly, Basi Kela Bas Amalia Malka, Fruma Bas Ganesa, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, Gitlea Bas Frumet, Moshe Leib Ben Chana Brindel, Daniel Boruch Ben Sora, Leib Ben Zhenya, Dvoiralea Bas Yentesora, Yentesora Bas Hanus, David Michel Ben Frida, Yechiel Michel Ben Chanarus, Shlomo Ben Rifkishprinza, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Elio Yeshua Ben Rochel, Besoich Shara Chavi Yisrael. We're continuing in Yoredea Chelik Sheni, Hilcha Shirua Hakan, Halocha Hei, Paragraph Tes Zion. Says, based on what we've been learning here, we'll be able to understand the Omer of barley, which was brought on the second day of Pesach. Once that korban is brought, that's when we're allowed to start using the new grain, the, the grain of the new year. He called Hayeshua's, the whole Hiskarvus Yisroel Avimish Vashamayim. All salvations from Hashem, all coming close to Hashem, all parnasa, anything that Hashem gives us that's beneficial to us, all of it comes from there, from the site of the Beis Hamikdash, Sheol of Nemar, about which the Possek says, by Avram Avinu, Vayar he saw that place from the distance, meaning even though he saw the site of the Beis Hamikdash, he knew that it was going to be a long, long time before the Beis Hamikdash would eventually be built. And then even after it would be built, it would be destroyed. And then it would take 70 years before it would be built again. And then it would be destroyed a second time. And then there'd be thousands of years that we'd be waiting to that third and final Beis And even those people who were standing inside the Beis Hamikdash during those years when we had a Beis Hamikdash, Hanoi 
it was extremely important for them to realize how far they are from the holiness of the Beis HaMikdosh. V'chol ikra churbon nimshach mizeh. And the, the real main reason behind the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh was this, because they messed up in this area. They thought that they are already completely successful. All good is in their hands already. And they rebelled against Hashem. As it says in the Novi Hoshea, that when they were satiated, when they had everything they wanted, and they became arrogant, therefore they forgot me, Hashem said. Rav Nosenthal says, this is what I brought earlier, paragraph hey of this halacha, the explanation of Rashi in the Pasuk in Shirashirim, chapter 6, where Hashem says, turn your eyes away from me. Ayin Shem, take a look back over there. Meaning, Rashi HaKadosh explains over there that as a result of the great love that Hashem showed the Jewish people during the time that we had the first base HaMikdash, and everything was great, and we had the Orin and the Luchais, and there was prosperity. Mordubai. Unfortunately, Klal Yisrael became arrogant, and they ended up, re- when there's arrogance, it leads to all kinds of terrible things. They ended up rebelling against Hashem. Because when a Jew is experiencing tremendous closeness to Hashem, we still cannot forget how far we are, what a long way we have to go till, till we, we do what we need to do to really deserve to be close to Hashem. Ve'oz daika humekurov. And when a person realizes that despite the fact that Hashem is doing wonderful things for us, we from our side are still very far from Hashem, that's when the person knows that they're really close to Hashem. On condition that the person doesn't make any mistake, mistake in thinking that they are already close, that they're finished already, they're a completely finished product. Because a Jew has to always remember and realize how far we are from where we should be and where we could be. And, and to rejoice as a result of this realization. Why? Realizing that even though I am so far, and even though I don't really deserve Hashem's kindness at all, at all, still Hashem is being so kind to me and so good to me. That despite all my shortcomings, Hashem is still bringing me close. And this is tied in very much to the famous statement in the Zohar Kodesh, in Parshas Chayisora, where the Zohar Kodesh speaks about the fact that Parshas Chayisora begins with the words, 
ויהיו חיי סולו, מאה שונו, ועשרים שונו, ושבע שונו. The two larger numbers, a hundred and twenty, there it uses the singular word, שונו, year. When it comes to the small number, seven, it says שונים פול. And the Zohar HaKadosh says, this is to teach us a very important lesson. Man dehu zeir, hu rav, man dehu rav, hu zeir. A person who considers themselves small, they are really great. And a person who considers themselves large, big, great, they're really small. That's why by the larger numbers, it uses the smaller reference, shana, singular. By the small number seven, it uses the larger reference. V'chein choyzer cholila. And the Zohar HaKadosh says that this continues on every level. And the Zohar HaKadosh says there's tremendous depth in this. Take a look over there. However, despite this, based on what we have spoken about in this halacha, a person can draw from this advice and encouragement to bring us closer to Hashem, not, not to feel rejected or dejected, despite all the difficulties and struggles that we're going through, whether these difficulties and struggles are related to our Yiddishkeit, to our mitzvahs, our performance of mitzvahs, our Torah, or if the struggles are in earning a livelihood, or in, in raising children, or in having children. And with this, we'll also get a, a deeper understanding regarding these sacrifices that the Jews brought in the Beis HaMikdash. Whereby we were able to take animals, physical animals, and take flour and, and, and wine and things like that, physical things, and elevate them as a sacrifice that went to the highest, highest places in heaven, the most spiritual places. He siluka de Karbonin. Because the level to which these sacrifices rise up is very, very, very far from us, way up there. The Zohar Kodesh says that the, the, the sweet smell of the Karbonis, the aroma of the Karbonis, rises up to the level of Ein Soif, infinite, above all the spheroids, above all the worlds. Because there, in the Beis HaMikdash, the Jews witnessed this every single day. They saw the sight, and yet this realization as to how far we are from there. Because the Torah says that all of the heavens cannot contain Hashem. Hashem is so far above anything physical whatsoever. 
And despite this, Hashem, with His great kindness, shrank His His divine presence into the base Hamikdash. And so too with Hashem's incredible kindness, He commanded us to offer a physical animal, a cow, a sheep, to serve as a divine, divine offering. The word nichoyach, it's brought, the word nichoyach can be spelled with a vav, without a vav. And it could be spelled with a yud and without a yud. Here, right here now, it's being spelled with both, but it could just as well be spelled nun ches, nun ches, I'm sorry, vav ches, the vav. Yes, the yud is possibly as possible now. So it's brought that the nun ches is the first letters of the word nachas, the vav ches is the last letters of the word ruach. Nachas ruach means a satisfying offering, something that brings great satisfaction to Hashem. And by all the korbanos, it uses this word reach nichoyach yishev Hashem. This, that this gave tremendous satisfaction to Hashem. And again, when it's spelled that way, when it's spelled without the yud, nun ches vav ches is bigimatria 72. It's brought to show that this goes up to the highest level. We know in Hashem's name, Yud Kei there are four ways to write it when you fill out the letters, each letter as a word. And it's called Av Sog Mo Bon. Ayin Beis is the highest level to show that this is where the Karbonis went up to, this incredible high place. And as a result of the Jews bringing these sacrifices, this resulted in Hashem sending all types of flow of, of Shefa to the world. All of this is examples of things that are incredible and way above our ability, our rational understanding. As Shlomo HaMelech says in Koyelis, Omarti I thought I would know, I would understand everything, and I see it's very far from me. As it says in Mishle, our, our sustenance, our shefa comes from far, far away. And this gives us an understanding in this measure of barley that was brought as a korban, which from that point on, the new grain became permissible to be used. Because this korban of barley is one of the most incredible things in Yiddishkeit. The Gemara usually refers to barley as animal food. Wheat is human grain, grain used for humans. Barley is a much lower class grain. And Hashem commanded us on that second day of Pesach to bring this measure of barley, specifically Shumachel Behemoth, which is animal food, to show us Hashem's incredible kindness. 
that, has, that we have the ability to elevate and to bring something that's on such a low level, Shubachina Sawyer and Barley, Michael Behema, to elevate it to the highest levels. And this will bring down upon the Jewish people a high level of understanding. For us to realize how far we are from Hashem. We're, we're, we're bringing an offering of barley. That's us. We're the Behem. We have no real intellect. We're like a Behema. As it says in Tehillim, Hashem, I am a fool. I have no understanding. I was like a behemoth. And this is what really, really brings a person close to Hashem. The more a person realizes how small they are, how low they are, how far they are from Hashem, that's what shows true closeness to Hashem. And this is why it's specifically this measure of barley that changes things completely, that allows the new grain to be used. Because it's impossible for a person to have bread to eat, to have a, earn a livelihood, Without this, without this realization, for us to realize how far we are from where we could be, where we should be, from closeness to Hashem. And this is what defines real closeness to Hashem. This, this realization we draw on that second day of Pesach, when we brought that Oymer Soyer. And now Rabbi Mosenzel says, we find an other episode in the Torah where barley is mentioned. In the story of Megillas Rus that we read on Shavuos, we find at one point Rus meets Boyaz, this whole interaction, and at one point, he gives her six barley grains. This corresponds to the six wings of the angels that Rabbi Nezal speaks about in chapter 63 in Likud Imran, which this halacha is based on. Where everybody, everything that we've been, we've been discussing here so far is included in that chapter on Likut Yamarat. Ayin Sham, take a look there. The Kemavur Sham. And as Rabbi Nezal says there, Sherus Bikshazois, Rus pleaded with Boyaz, Please spread your wings over your maidservant. That's the term she used, Knafecho. Alke Nosano Sheish Soirin. This is why Boyaz gave her these six barley, which alludes to the six wings that Rabbi Nezal refers to in that chapter on the Kudimran. Note he gave her barley specifically, like the, the measure of barley that's brought as a korban, 
they were involved in the tikkun that we're describing over here. As it says over there, in the beginning of Megillus Rus, that, that the, the family, Rus's family, her husband and her and her children came to the place at when, when it was the beginning of the harvest for the barley. Rashi points out there, it refers to the cutting of the Oymer Soirim, which was to be brought. How does this tie into what we're learning here? Rus was a real holy convert. And it's from the story of Rus that our rabbis in the Gemari of Amis learn out exactly how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in interaction with converts when they first come. Because the, the, the entire procedure of how we approach bringing in converts is all based on what we've been learning here now. We extend a greeting of peace to the one who is far and close. Because these converts, and so to us, Jewish people, who are far from Hashem also, as a result of our sins, when they come and when they realize that they're far and they want to come close to Hashem, when we commit sins and we become distant from Hashem and we wake up and we decide we want to come back, we are also like a ger. It's very difficult to bring such people close to Hashem. Because the Yitzhahara surrounds these people and is constantly digging at them, trying to push them down. The Kemufa Betvorazol come upon him, as Rabbi Nezali Lap speaks about this in many places, especially in chapter 14 of the Kutimran. The Alkane Iker Hiskarusoi Alidei Bechina Hanal. And therefore, the, the main success in a Ger or Balchufa coming close to Hashem is dependent on what we're learning here. It requires that the person realize how far they are from Hashem based on their personal status, based on the fact that the person is not a member of the Jewish nation, or they are a member of the Jewish nation, and despite that, they, they did all of these sins. I'm sorry, we had a technical problem. <laughs> We, we said that when a person realizes this, that on one hand, as far as me personally, I'm very, very far from Hashem. However, despite that, Hashem's kindness is infinite, and Hashem wants me desperately to come close to Him, and Hashem wants to do everything possible to make that happen. When a person realizes this, they really, really know this and believe this, that person will be able to really come close to Hashem. As the Pesach says, 
Hashem's grieving is extended to the one who is rachoik. The person realizes how far they are from Hashem, and they realize how much Hashem loves them and how much Hashem is anxious to, to bring them close. And we know that Pasuk is referring especially to converts and Balei Tshuva, Kayodua, as is known. Vialkein, any questions, please? Question in the chat. 72 is also Bigamatria Chesed. How is that related to bring Karbonas? Rav Nosan just showed us before that the Karban is a behema, a behema or barley or flour, super gashmiest things. We're bringing this Karban to the base of Mikdash to remind us who we are. We are behema. I'm coming to the base of Mikdash to bring a Karban, especially if it was to ask for forgiveness for a sin, because I'm a behema. And despite being a behema, look at this. I'm being invited into the base of Mikdash, the holiest, holiest building in the world. And I'm being told that I can offer the behemoth as a sacrifice to Hashem. And it's going to bring about a reach nichoyach, a sweet aroma to Hashem that's going to rise up to the highest, highest of places. And therefore, the Torah teaches us that the correct way to bring converts and balei tshuva close to Hashem is through the method that we're speaking about over here. It requires both of these. It requires the Ger and the Balchuva realizing how far he is. How does that happen? One of the ways that it happens is by the Tzaddik showing how great he is and how and the person sees, wow, wow. Come, you know, sometimes a person thinks, why does a Tzaddik have to show off sometimes? Like, quote a Gemara and, and the page and everything, that, that seems to be Gaiva. Sometimes that's to remind us of who we are, that I don't know the whole Shas, and I don't know every page, and I don't, to remind me where I am. As the Gemara says, that when a convert first comes and says that they want to join the Jewish nation, we say to him, why in the world would you want to convert? Don't you know that the Jewish people right now are in a very low place? They're constantly under attack. They're looked down upon. They're, they're all kinds of suffer, they're suffering that they're going through. In And the, the Gemara and the Shulchan tell us, if the Geir hears all of this and he says, I accept it 100%. And he says, I know all of this. And despite that, I know that I am unworthy. I don't even deserve to be to join this nation. These incredible, important words. I am unworthy. If the person has that realization, the we accept them. And then afterwards, we teach them several mitzvahs and the punishments for violating the mitzvahs.
And this whole procedure, the Gemara, the rabbis and the Gemara were able to learn from the story of Naomi and Rus. As the Gemara expounds on this, the Rus Hoisot Sadekes Gidoilo, the Nisgairo Beemes Maoid, the Nisratis Alakoil. Rus was an incredible Sadekis, and she came to convert 100% honest and sincere, and she was ready to accept everything at Shomer to the point where she said to Nomi, Basher Tamusi Omus Vishomekove, wherever you die, <clears throat> I'm ready to die and be buried. Shapir Shrabi sends Allah and the Gemara over there in Yavamas expounds on this. The Gemara says, Nomi, Nomi said to Rus, Arba the, the Hashem has given the authority to the Jewish courts to kill a person four different ways. Skila, Srefa, Herig, and Chenek. Rus responded, Basher Tomusi Omos. However, however I die, I'll die. No problem. Snake for Nimsru then Nomi told her there are two different cemeteries in a sense that Besan has. Echot There's a separate cemetery for those who are killed by choking, by having their head removed. There's a separate cemetery for those who are put to death through skila and srefa. And again, everybody knows, everybody realizes that the person committed these terrible sins, which put them in these cemeteries. Then Isratis Rus agreed to this also. Vamra, she said, Basher Tukovi Ekover. Wherever I need to be buried, that's where I'll be buried. So and then the Torah goes on to say, Vatere ki misametzesilomechasito. When Nomi saw Rus's stubbornness, that no matter what, she wouldn't accept any rejection. She was committed a hundred percent. Vatechtaladabarela. At that point, Nomi stopped saying any kind of thing that would push her away. Shalom do And our rabbis learned from this. She'en mar ben l'rachkoi. We don't, we don't do too much as rakos. We don't push the gale of the Baal away too much. But rather, at a certain point in time, once we see that they're sincere and serious and committed, we bring them close. And the same thing holds true regarding people who are far from the truth, meaning even religious people, let's say, when it comes to coming close to the tzaddik, that kind of thing, all of these things apply. The same concept that we that we learned here by Geirim and Balichuva applies to completely religious people when they make a decision that they want to become more religious, they want to come close to a tzaddik, they have to have this understanding. They have to realize in the beginning how far they are, even though they're religious, supposedly, that without closeness to the tzaddik, they're still very, very far away. And despite how far away I am, Hashem and the tzaddikim have incredible kindness and they want to bring us close. Rav Nosanzal says, understand all of this very, very well. To what degree Rus was committed 
Shenomi Hisrisabosh Abami says Desni, Ushnek Warren. Nomi warned her, you should know that in Judaism, you make the wrong move, you can get a death penalty, Chasvishon. There are four types of death and two different types of burial sites. Koimer, what was what was Nomi implying by this? You don't know. Maybe you will not be able to pass the tests that you'll have. The and you'll commit one of the sins for which the penalty is these four types of death. The Heshiva and Rus responded, almost. However, I'm supposed to die, I'll die the Shomek over, and, and I'll be buried there where I'm supposed to be buried. Rus was saying, no matter what, no matter what I'm going to experience, and whether I'll succeed or fail, I want the truth. I want to become a member. I want to join the holiness of the Jewish nation. And let whatever I, and whatever I have to go through, I'll go through. Because we would think at first thought, Rus should have said to Naomi, Why are you threatening me? Why are you scaring me with the Arba Mises Besn? I have free choice. And I will definitely not commit any of these major sins. For which the penalty is these four types of death. You see, look, I'm coming to join the Jewish nation, despite the fact that it's so difficult now. Her husband just died and all the difficulties she was going through. Rav Nosnazal explains to us now what Rus was probably thinking. Rus definitely had these thoughts in her mind. She was definitely accepting upon herself a real conversion, and she was committed not even to commit the smallest sin. And certainly, certainly, she wasn't planning on, on violating any of the sins for which the death penalty However, despite all of that, she responded with her pure sincerity. And she said, However I'm supposed to die, I'll die. Even if will fight me and will defeat me and cause me to commit whatever sins he'll get me to commit, Despite that, <laughs> despite that, I accept upon myself the holiness of the Jewish nation with complete sincerity. No matter what I have to go through, and even if I'll cross the line, I'll deserve death penalty. Okay, I'm in. I'm still in. And once she so showed that level of commitment, despite being warned, despite being told all the negative things, 
That's when Naomi brought her close with tremendous love and closeness. Venasis tzadekes gedoyla, and Rus became such an incredible tzadekes at shezochso sheyetsemimena Moshiach, to the point where Moshiach is going to be a descendant of Rus. Sheyachsir kol hoylam lamutov, Moshiach, who's going to be the one who will succeed in getting the entire world to do tshuva. <clears throat> this is where the Breslov part comes in. Everybody learns the Megillah of Rus, but people don't realize that that's me. And I have to see exactly how does that apply to me. Rabbi Nassim says what we just described here applies to every single Jew who wants to come close to the Emes. Every Jew who wants to come close to the Tzaddik, wants to come close to Hashem. One of the most important things that's going to define the person's success in coming close to Hashem is the obstacles, the challenges, and that feeling that I'm still so far from that realization that I'm so far, I'm so far from being a tzaddik, I'm so far from being where I should be. And even after a person passes the initial initiation and the person comes close to the tzaddik and they're doing hundreds of things that the tzaddik tells them to do, the person has to always realize and remember that I'm still far, far, far from Hashem, far from the tzaddik. And this cycle continues. How does a person receive that incredible bracha of shalom from Hashem, from the tzaddik, double shalom? <coughs> when a person has both of these things in one pocket, <coughs> I realize that I am so, so far from Hashem. I'm so far from being what a, what a real good Jew should be. In the other pocket, Hashem is unbelievable. Hashem is unbelievable and the tzaddikim are unbelievable. Despite all of my shortcomings, despite all of my mistakes, despite everything, Hashem loves me so much and wants desperately to see me come close to him, to advance. And Hashem is trying to do everything he can within a certain framework to bring me close to him. And the tzaddik is trying to do everything he possibly can to bring me close. Person points in the chat. <clears throat> the Torah says, Ki that success in Yiddishkeit, coming close to Hashem, is so close to us. And yet, it, it, on one hand, it sounds so doable and so easy. And yet, Rabbi Nosenzal teaches us that it's very difficult because we're in a topsy turvy world. Remember, we're standing on our heads here. It looks to us like we're standing right side up but we're all upside down. This whole world is upside down. Everything is the opposite of the way it's supposed to be. So instead of what we just defined here, people are angry at Hashem, and Hashem is a meanie, and Hashem, how could Hashem allow such terrible things to happen? And and when we're such good people, we are so good, we're doing so many good things. The exact opposite, this Sotan, the Yitzhah, tries to turn us upside down Instead of having the kind of understanding that Rav Nosenzal defined here, for a person to know that with my mitzvahs and everything, 
Don't forget about all the mistakes. Don't forget about all the shortcomings, about the bad thoughts and the things that I say that are wrong and all the things that I do that are wrong and all the things that Hashem expects me to do and I'm lazy, all the diff- all my shortcomings. That the Yitzhara gets me to forget. And the Yitzhara chas v'shon gets people to, to judge Hashem and to judge Hashem and as if we understand, we know, and we know Hashem could do better. Hashem could be doing better, chas v'shon. So it's true, on one hand, it's, it's easy, and on the other hand, it's very difficult. We'll hold it over here for now. Now, Rav Nosen is going to take us back to the topic of Hanukkah, which we spoke about, we touched on earlier. And also, he's going to take us back to that chapter on the Kutimran, chapter 63, which we said is one of the deepest chapters on the Kutimran. It's called Soid Kavona Samila the secret kavanas that the Arizal explains about the mitzvah of bris milah, and, and Rabbeinu Zalvir explains incredible things, especially the last part of the Torah, which Rav Nosen Zal is going to touch on now. He quotes the Zohar Kodesh, which says there's a snake, and the snake has a, a small insect in its mouth, and the Zohar Kodesh speaks about it, and Rabbeinu Zal gives an incredible explanation. Rav Nosen Zal is going to tie all of this back into, into the discussion that we have here. We should be zeichet to accept and appreciate the encouragement, the hischaspus that Rav Nosson is giving us here, and the the awareness to to know what it's really all about, and how a person can really succeed in Yiddishkeit, and to know who we are. We are the Geirim. We are the Balei Tshuva. Every one of us, Rav Nosson, Rav Nosson, make it clear that every Jew has to be Balei Tshuva. A Jew who is only doing mitzvahs, no averos, still that Jew has to realize, has to advance every day. And tomorrow, when hopefully I'm going to be on a higher level than I was today, the person looks back at yesterday and says, what a schlumperdink I was. What a yo-yo I was. How silly I was. I thought I was davening with Kavana then, and, and today I'm on a higher level. I see that yesterday was a joke compared to today. All of these feelings. We should be zeichet to tshuva shalema, and and to, to the tshuva shalema is the most important component, which will bring about the geula shalema. And in our tefillah, to beg Hashem, geula shalema, final complete geula, with the coming of Moshiach, the descendant of Rus Hamoyavia, and the building, the building of the final base. Amen. Amen.